podcast giving you an insight into the minds of musicians with me, Ellie Rashid. And me, Hattie Winter. This week, we disturbed the lockdown of singer-songwriter Henry Jones to talk about how he puts his music together. His unique sound has already gained him BBC Radio Play as well as secured him multiple London headline shows. In his self-produced debut project, Eavesdrop, you can hear Henry's hip-hop, contemporary R&B and pop influences within his catchy melodies. Mm, Really catchy. (laughs) Really, really, really catchy. And um, actually for this one, Henry has teamed up with producer Black Seed for his latest collection of songs, including this one in the background, Take My Time. Just stay locked in as we talk quarantine beats and musical headspace. Henry, thank you so much for coming on our podcast to chat with us. Said we ain't done, chest against the door. Now on our ones, a whole different feel. She starts to bun, a whole new appeal. Touching our souls, like Joni said, it's real. Cases of you got me sober in the field. Tasting so good, got that Michelin appeal. Who knew drunk love got me caught up in my fields? Touching feels so real. If you look around, I feel like a baby still. I think people go, Henry, mate, you're 25. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm still young. And they're like, nah, man, you're getting on a bit. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, where, like, you need to come to where I'm from, man. Like, everyone is ancient. But yeah, it is a bit of a retirement home, a big retirement home with main roads and stuff. I mean, at the moment, I'm living at home and I've got my studio in my in my bedroom. Quite nice to have a lot of stuff that I've worked on in the past and a lot of kind of, like, skeletons of songs which I can just embellish and make better and produce to a high degree but at the moment I'm finding it really difficult because I've got real no motivation I'm not seeing anyone or meeting anyone I find myself I'm sat in my room every day so there's not really like any appreciation of actually having that time and that space it's not like going oh I've got two days now where I've got nothing planned and I've got my you know my setup and my speakers and I'm feeling really inspired because I haven't done anything in a week and I've been working or I've been off in the studio with some other people and I haven't got like you know complete creative control and so when I'm actually sat down to do it, I've gone, oh man, I can't think of anything. This is boring. Like I've exhausted all, all my, all my creativity in that moment. And uh, I just kind of go, well, I can do it tomorrow. And there's no real deadline. So without that structure, without that, 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 that kind of, oh, I've got these two days. I need, I can really appreciate and really hone in on it. That, that kind of inspires me and motivates me to get something done. And then I find that if I keep on pushing myself in that moment, something good comes out of it. But to get to that point, I mean, I need that. I need that appreciation. And I haven't got that right now. I just feel like oh, I could sit down and do this all night. I could sit down and do this all day. I could do this the last four weeks every day. And I feel like, yeah, I probably should be sat here going, I've got all this time. Like, I should really be appreciating this and I can make whatever the hell I want to make. And Yeah, you're definitely not the only person in that <laughs> in that way. Like, I feel the same. It's like, there's so much I could be doing. It's... It's just it's just not a normal state to be in. And, you know, as humans, we want to be around people and we want to be inspired. I did see you'd made a music video. Yeah, that was that was done in a day. So basically two days before that, I did that um, Girl Give Me Something Real. And I was like, 
I was kind of coming up with the beat and I was kind of doing bits and pieces and I was like, okay, well, I've been trying a lot recently to try and come up with more pop stuff and get more fuller production. And I'm, I've realised I'm not actually very good at that. And so I just decided to sit down and just go back to what I did when I did Eavesdrop and all those other songs like Long Night and take my phone off me. And I was like, I'm just going to do something like nice, flip a sample, get some nice kicks and some 808s, make it sound really kind of simplistic but full and just do some lyrics on top and then my little brother came in and was just humming away and he went he just went and I was like what is that and he went nothing man I was just singing it and I was like can I have it and he was like yeah and I was like sick can I have your hum literally can I have your melody is he a musician no not at all he just loves music he loves music like he'll listen to music every day all day if he could and he shows a proper like like he's got an invested interest in it but he doesn't he can sing as well but he it's almost like because we've grown up in a family where I'm the singer he's not allowed to and I've always been like bro I would love to get you on a track man I'd love to write down and like write, sit down and write with you or, and he's helped me write, write songs in the past without even realising it and so that kind of that song even though I'd got the majority of it sorted that line that da, 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 I was like ooh okay that's a nice little hook I can work around that and that got me excited about that song and so I sat down for like five six hours and got all the little bits and pieces together thought this is, sounds nice and then sent it to a few people and said what do you think of this so like, oh this is this is a banger and I was like okay cool alright I'm gonna think I'm thinking about releasing this this is like you know a little quarantine beat and then the next day I was like my little brother Theo, I was like, Theo, do you want to, uh, can you make, do you want to make a video? Because obviously he had nothing to do, I had nothing to do. The weather was beautiful. And so I was like, okay, yeah, come on, let's, let's get a VHS like cam thing on a phone and just go around the fields and have a few beers and just have a little bit of a laugh. And yeah, it was, it was absolutely jokes. And we just did that all in one day, got back about four o'clock with a load of footage. I sat down from about four till seven and just edited it all, put it all together. And it's like, it's proper like, it's not, it's nothing impressive. It's proper like boot cut editing and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I played it and I was like, you know what? This has actually got a little bit of integrity to it. Like, it feels like me. It's funny. I'm having a laugh. Like, the song is a bit of a juxtaposition to the actual video, but I kind of rate that. And it's a little bit kind of spooky black, kind of. Yeah, I did get spooky black. So sometimes your brother helps you with a melody but what about lyrics is that all you nah no one really helps me with lyrics i mean well alex part and matt wilson those guys have probably had the biggest influence they're like two of my best mates from uni and they're both musicians and uh, they're both really good musicians i love them to pieces and they're they um we've done lots of sitting down writing songs and working with each other and uh, and like alex's use of words and phrasing is brilliant and matt's kind of his position of like syllables and the way it flows and moves through a uh, a kind of phrase or a verse and or a pre-chorus into a chorus and the way things kind of it's like you've probably heard a syllable or a rhyme or a melody previously to when it actually hits but you recognize it because you've already heard it two or three times and that kind of thing i think i've been influenced massively off those two which is really nice um but lyrically speaking i'm kind of i, I kind of all just you know i'm pretty honest in my lyrics I'm, i never kind of sit down and go oh how's this going to be received like i just kind of go like how's this sounds how what do i want to say like where are the like where's the hooks? So I try and like create something that has an element of wordplay to it, but isn't confusing, but sits on a nice melody, so you can remember it. So basically, just like how a hook should be, but I've kind of learned it in my own through my own process and realised that actually what I'm doing is probably what other people are doing too, 
Um, but my understanding of it is a little bit kind of biased because even though I don't want to go like, you know, come to my party, and all that crap, I'd much rather go like, I'm that kind of like, you start like show a little skin when, and I'll see you when the sun drops. And it's like, oh, that's so simple. And it's the same kind of thing, like come to my party, but I'm just trying to mix it up a little bit and make it a little bit more like that. Oh, actually that's just as, just as catchy and just as simple, but it's got a little bit more depth to it. I don't know. Actually going to say you've kind of touched on like producing by yourself and like composing in your bedroom. Mm. Um, and how do you, how do you get into the headspace for that? And do you find it lonely? I always think producing can be quite a lonely thing to do, especially when you've got like a, I don't know, you're going constantly over a snare drum or something like that. It can be quite isolating. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, it can be massively isolating. And I mean, I've, I've tried to write with other people in the past and um, I've tried to kind of introduce other artists at the same level of me or, or or people who have a different understanding than me and being like, let's sit together. But I always find this is kind of a... I just it's a bit of kind of like working with a with a bit of friction it's like oh I've got because I've got such a clear idea of what I like and how I want it to sound unless the person I'm producing with is making the music better or is coming out with ideas which are crazy and they've got a, a similar workflow then I'd rather sit on my own because then I know that at least I've got control over that uh, that environment I know where to take the song. I can work at my own pace because sometimes I can work super fast. I can be like an hour and a half and I've got a whole arrangement together. And um, and the other person I'm working with might just have a verse. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, like, and I do work on production first. I like sounds, you know. I like atmospheres and I like kind of harmonization. I like to make a make a real good vibe before I start to touch with the lyrics because I feel like, whenever I've just done a chord pattern and then written a song and then written around that, that those lyrics and around that chord pattern, it never sounds as good as it does when I've written the chord pattern and I found the drums and I found that melody and that groove and I'm like, okay, this is where the lyrics sit. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I'm like, oh, there's the melody. And I'm like, okay, cool. There's, I'm going to, I'm going to like, I'm going to copy that, uh, that piano melody that I played on that little intro bit. And then, oh yeah, there's a little bass line there, which I can follow. And I go, oh, okay, I'm going to pick that, pick that, pick that. And it all sits together and it kind of moves in a more, um, kind of linear fashion than it being oh how am I going to produce this song because I don't want it to just sound like there's the kick there's the snare there's the keys there's the guitar there's the bass and it's all come in one by one and there's a the chorus and it's louder I'd much rather it be a, uh, like a kind of like a like the canvas is the production and then my voice and my lyrics coming on top which you'll hear in my music at the end of the day when you listen to my stuff you it's 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 very vocally driven so i guess yeah that kind of lonely aspect doesn't really play a part because i'm a bit of a control freak <laughs> it, um it sounds really holistic and really organic how you kind of piece it together yeah i mean i've never actually done this and sat down and tried to annotate the way i put it together but when i try and think about it in an honest way without just being blasé about it and actually trying to break it down it's really difficult i mean it's true what I'm saying and I'll kind of look at it myself and I'm going, actually, maybe now I'm actually admitting to it. I'm going, oh, maybe I, I need to learn how to work with other people. Maybe I need to like, take a step back and let other people take control because maybe eventually, because I'm not perfect every time and maybe that's just 
the point in their 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 like creative flow where they've just come up with an idea and we need to work on it instead of me being dismissive. But I would never be dismissive. Don't give me that kind of person. I'm the kind of I'm the I'm the guy who'd rather not be in the situation and just get it done than be in the situation and try and deal with it. Like <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know. Collaboration can be a bit hit and miss sometimes, I think. And whether that's, you know, collaborating on on a track or even being in a band have you been in a band before yeah i've been in several bands and the uh, best one i was in was in bristol oh my god it was so fun like the guys i was working with were just sam sam and marcus the drummer the bassist and the guitarist like i'm not a very good instrumentalist like I, i'm not very good at piano not very good guitar and marcus and sam and sam were just fantastic musicians and i was like oh my god like they just kept on coming out with these licks and these little breaks and these, and they were so tight. And I was like, I was picking all the songs and it was called Pilot Jones. So I was like basically leading the whole thing. And I was picking all the songs and we're doing all of my songs and I was like picking the arrangements and I did the chords and stuff, but then they do the chords. And then Marcus, who's just the most incredible guitarist I've ever met was like, Oh, like, um, what do you think about this chord there instead of this chord? Because you just like he did invert it or something. I was like, oh my god, that sounds so much better. And he do a little lick and a little fill. And instead of coming in on the on the like on the two, he coming on the three, and you'd be like, oh, okay, that kind of mixed up. And then the song was still there, but then it was just because of these incredible musicians, they bought their they bought their kind of their feel to it, and it made everything sound so much prettier and so much bigger. And I feel if I ever meet producers to work with who offer the same level of um, uh, of kind of improvement to, to my, my productions or whatever we're working on, then I would be over the moon. But unfortunately, with my production, I, I'm either producing or someone else is producing. To actually collaborate and sit down and do it with someone, I've always found very difficult. I think that's a really hard skill to kind of learn as like a sort of production kind of mentor. I think it's... Yeah, I think it's really tough and you can't just kind of like take something out of the box and make it work. It's it's like a skill in itself. Would you say the production side is kind of your your favourite creative process? Or? No, no. I mean, uh, I think I'm just a little like, you know, a little singing, little singing melody, lyric writer. And I've been working with a, a production house at the moment, well, a production team called Black Seed at the moment. And those guys are brilliant. Like, you know, and I step back and they do it. And I don't get involved. And I go, oh, actually, maybe just that there. Um, can I just play that instrument and see what the melody is there? But I don't go, that needs more bass, that needs more treble, you know, like, oh, we need this now, we need this now. I'm not leading that. I'm going, no, that's you, you know what I mean? And I've worked with other producers in the past who've done the same thing. Um, and I've gone kind of like, yeah, it's your producing. I'm not going to step up to the game. I know what you're doing. I know what buttons you're pressing, but it's, you know, it's, this is this is your game right now, and I'm here to write a top line melody, and that's where I feel most comfortable, and that's where the, the best sound and music's come out of. The, the best of a session I think I've had was well, both with Black Seed and with Punctual. Uh, my mate Matt is working with Punctual in London, and they're an incredible like pair of lads. Them guys are just the best producers I've ever been in a room with. And I just sat there with the book and wrote some lyrics of Matt. And we were just top line melody, and they were just doing bits and pieces. And then I kind of sang it into the mic, and uh, we were just really honing in on the lyrics and really honing in on the on the placement of the syllables. And then they sent me a bounce a week later, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is actually like this sounds like this sounds insane. This is like some like Benny Blanco like murder beats kind of crazy." oh my god this is how the hell have you done this in your bedroom 
And that's where I've kind of realized, okay, I'm not a producer. I'm a top line writer. Cause that's where, that's the best song I've ever heard my voice on. It's probably won't be released or whatever. And I don't know. We'll see. But, um, like, and that when I realized, okay, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a producer. <laughs> I, I, I produce and I'm okay at it, but I'm nowhere near as good as these guys. And I can probably push myself to try and be as good as these guys, but I'll be 34 by the time. So I might as well stick to what I know and stick to what I'm good at and just try and smash out the top line melodies, which is what I'm doing now. Do you feel like your um, classical technique for singing has helped you in the singing style that you now do? So when I was like like four or five years old, I um I said to my mum, well, actually, no, I sang like an nativity play. And... Um, I think to be deadly honest with you, I think I love the attention I got from it. So I was like, <laughs> Ooh, I want to do more of this singing thing. And uh, mum was like, okay, well, you know, your, um, your best mate's mum's a singing teacher. This is a guy called Jack Sanderson back in primary school. And, um, I started having singing lessons with Yvonne Sanderson and she taught me classical. I didn't really know it was classical cause I was just, I was just singing kind of, you know, classic, like classic songs and just, I, I didn't I never I never thought saw it as a kind of a certain domain. I just thought I was singing songs and I was haven't heard these songs and these songs sound pretty, so that must be singing. And then I kind of went through those motions and did all the grades and then got to fourteen, fifteen and my voice started dropping. Oh. And at that point she um <laughs> she was like, Henry, I, I really think you should carry on singing. I'm gonna give it to my husband. And uh Donnie Sanderson, her um her husband, who sadly passed away, he's an absolute hero, man. I'm so sad about that. But um he then took me on on his on his days off. He he gave me an hour every Sunday for for several years and got me um up to my like grade eight level and uh, I was singing proper like opera at that point. And um yeah, I think he kind of made me realise the potential of my voice. Um but I haven't been brought up in in a in a kind of a classically, um, I don't know, class, uh, what's the word? Kind of a classically inspired background. Yeah, it doesn't happen. You know, we don't sit down and listen to a little bit of Pavarotti at dinner time. You know, we just kind of, we've always listened to pop music and rock music and stuff like that. And uh, I've always loved playing guitar and kind of taught myself that and doing um, pop music and singing pop. But I um, I was always told by everyone else, Henry, you should go into opera, you should do opera, you know, you've got a great voice for it, you're a tenor, like, you'll be fine. And I was kind of always a little bit kind of turd because I was like, it's not me, I don't know that world, I don't really know if I want to be in that world, I'm not really... I don't know how, like, I'm, like conservatoires and stuff kind of scare me a bit. So <laughs> to answer for your first question in the sense that has it influenced my um, my technique and uh, the way I sing, definitely. Like, yeah, I mean, my breathing and my posture and it comes from, like like you're singing to so it comes from the gut, which it does. You've got to anchor it down. It comes from the gut diaphragm. You've got to have your, your chin down and you've got to... It's got you got to f- make a full sound, and I've never sang through my nose. I've always had control over my breath. I've always known how to project and how to sing the high, big notes safely, and to kind of, you know, like bring it in when I'm going out, and all those kind of little bits that you bear in mind when you are going for those big notes, and you might be on stage, and you don't want to, you don't want to crack or break, and you don't want to damage your voice either if you're doing three gigs in a row, and so those things definitely have carried my abilities. But I wouldn't say that my singing style is is massively influenced by my operatic ability because when I look at the way I sing pop music, I like, I'm so lazy. I mean, I, I hit the notes and stuff, but I don't push myself and I'm not going like, 
uh, like proper trying to see how much I can see and get out there. I fall into this kind of uh, this kind of chilled out lo-fi, take it easy, do a little bit of singing, go high, go low, but like not not give it that kind of uh, you know, like listen to my voice. <laughs> Super impressed by your um, your commitment to your vision, and like and having a vision, and deciding that you know what's what's good and what's best. And I just wondered how you kind of learnt that and how you trust yourself to to make the best decisions for what you're trying to create. Um, oh, this answers your other question as well. Actually, I went to BIM um, in Bristol, so like the British Institute of Modern Music. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and um, so I, I I finished. So I finished uh, sixth form in Corby, um, a place called Brook Weston. I came out of there and I was still playing guitar and I hadn't done music or anything and I was just done media and English and I was like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know whether I want to go to uni. I don't know if I want to do English or drama or whatever. And so I um, I decided to go abroad and I started working as a pot wash in um, started working as a pot wash at, on a ski season and then. The the I, I played guitar and I sang a little bit, and the entertainer one night was was ill, and I was like, I'll play, you know, I, I can play guitar, I'll sing, and I did it, and they were really happy with me, and they were like, oh, we'd love to get you back as an entertainer in the summer, and I was like, what? You want me to be an entertainer, like entertainer's manager in the summer in a resort? And they're like, yeah, and I was like, well, I'm not doing any more pot washing then, because this is awful, this sucks. Like I I pot washed in lots of different places since I was like 13, 14 years old. And this job, I was working like 10 hours, 12 hours a day, six days a week for months on end. And I was losing weight. And the the the, the intensity of that job was just like nothing I'd experienced before. And I was like, this is awful. So I came back home and I was in a pickle, like an absolute pickle. And I decided, right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and do this season as an entertainer. And they employed me. And that's where I kind of realized that like pop music and singing and like, like, like that kind of more accessible music it was what I wanted to do. And so then I decided, right, I'm probably going to have to finish doing this eventually because I can't do seasons forever because I'll turn into an alcoholic. So I went to BIM and started doing music, um, songwriting. And that's where I fully learned where I stand in the music world. Because I went there like, you know, full of my own, like full of my own ability. And I was like, yeah, man, I've, you know, I've been an entertainment manager and I know what I'm doing and I can play guitar and I can sing and I can hold an audience and, you know, thinking I was something special. And then I got there and I basically just shot myself in the foot because I was like, oh, my days. These guys are amazing. There are so many decent songwriters. There are so many decent instrumentalists. There's incredible vocalists. And I'm here, like, playing my guitar, singing my own songs, like, uh, like you know, like some, like, just some crappy little, like, busker that you'd seen in a local town. And I suddenly realised, oh, okay, where do I fit into this? Like, I am nowhere near as good as I thought I was. I have got just as much, if not like, less of a chance to make it in this world as all these guys so like I need to hone in my talents and that's where I started to like concentrate on production because I didn't know how to produce a beat before then I'd only ever like used GarageBand three or four times and then um, I started learning how to use Logic and um, learning off my housemates like, like Matt and Alex and um, I was pushing that and kind of like sitting in my room and actually working at it and I listened to some of the first songs I made now which is you know it's only like five years ago so I'm thinking damn like the, the I've come a long way in, in music because I, I I don't know. I mean, I've probably resorted back to the original 
me, which was like really enjoying just the singing and the and the lyric writing. Uh, but it took the whole process of working in bands and learning how to produce and working with other artists and being in kind of like like kind of like rock pop bands and uh, to kind of go okay, like this is where I belong. You know, like I, I think I'm I'm comfortable just kind of writing top line melodies and singing songs and writing lyrics about you know being sad and upsetting people. <laughs> So you were an entertainer before, but would you now class yourself as an artist or an entertainer? Oh, an artist, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I was still singing my own songs when I was in Greece, don't get me wrong. I loved that. It was great fun, but um, it was definitely more on the, this is the audience, they're paying, I need to make sure they're having a good time. So that definitely kind of, you know, ruled the nights and I was doing quizzes and charity nights and poker nights and all manner of things and it was just it was an incredible experience but the music didn't come first and the guitar stayed at work and I picked it up when I needed to work and I practiced before I needed to work and then you know it'd go back in the box until I was ready to practice again for that night and I never actually had a creative like period I don't it wasn't like oh I've got this time to write a song I'm, I'm sat on the beach and I've never been one of those kind of like arty farty people in the sense that I'm picking up inspiration from everywhere and going oh like look at the sky and look at the, the moon and look at the sand and oh my god this is like really creative and this is really inspiring I've never been that guy and I'd love to be because I'd probably be a better mus- musician because of it but I don't know it's definitely influenced things and I've been inspired by things but it wasn't it wasn't an element of artistic kind of time well it wasn't an, an artistic time an element of what am I talking about I was talking on my ass but yeah and then uh, <laughs> and then uh yeah since being to BIM coming out writing songs lo- working with like lots of different songwriters and lots of people who have done songwriting for their whole lives who are lecturers there and people have played Glastonbury and written amazing albums and like critically acclaimed music and you're going damn these guys are really really kind of honing in on the meaning and 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 the lyrics and and uh, the kind of feel and I, I start to realize actually it's not all about just writing a song that people like you know it's it's about it's about writing about honest stuff that and I, now now I say all the time that like music is a product of my emotion and so if I sit down I've got something to say if I've gone for a breakup or if, uh, you know I want to tell my mate how much I appreciate him or I want to you know like let my brother and my dad and my mum and my sister know how much I love them I sit down and I write a song about it and I can listen to that song at any point in my life and I remember how I felt right then and they're always the best songs whenever I sit down I haven't got something to say I, you know the music sounds like I haven't got something to say and that makes a massive like difference on the way it's received but yeah I guess so. I'm guessing more of an artist now than was an entertainer but I haven't been on stage for a while and I haven't run a quiz so maybe I'm still an entertainer who knows it sounds like um you've done this like massive sort of learning curve really mm. like finding discovering what kind of artist you are yeah and I think the biggest learning curve for me was taking the expectation that I was going to be something because of music stop i stopped like going if i don't write a good song if i don't get on radio one like if i don't get a million listens i'm not going to be anything in life and i've detached that kind of expectation of myself and that that need to 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 be successful 
and just going, I'm too, well, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? I've forgotten, it's not going to happen. Just do this because you love it. It might happen. It probably won't happen. It might happen. I don't know. You know, it's all up in the air, but I'm stopped thinking about it. I've taken that away from it and I've started doing it because I love it. And ever since I made that decision, um, I've enjoyed it 10 times more. I've written better music. I felt way more confident. When I only get like 100 like, likes on a, on a music video, and people and I have like four or five people go, oh mate, this is this is wicked. Like that means everything. And I'm so satisfied with that. Like that, like, thank you so much for actually taking the time and commenting and liking and listening because that's just a bonus. I enjoyed writing it. I enjoyed filming it, you know. I enjoyed like sitting there and singing it. And that was that was enough. You know, I just put it out there because I can and I want other people to listen to it. And then having all that on top, even if it's not you know, not millions of people going, this is incredible, you know, listen to this and it's on TikTok and all that crap. Like, just having 10 or 12 people, having 100 people, having 200 people just go, I really like this song. And like, I've listened to this three times. That means so much. And that's like, whoa. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, taking that away from it has made me far enjoy it far more. And now I'm thinking, I'm going to do this until I die because at the end of the day, like, I'm sat here talking to you guys having this nice experience because I've been writing music. I didn't ask for this. I didn't expect this. But I'm enjoying it and it's good fun because I decided to sit down and write a song, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I'm interested in influences that you have. I find it difficult to kind of say who I'm influenced by because because uh, I'm one of those those people who listens to a massive variety of music and picks up on certain elements of different songs and how they work together like I can listen to a to a rap song and then I can listen to a I don't know a classical song but there'll be some phrasing and harmony which kind of has similarities between the two which I'm like like I'm really vibing with and I've realized that it's not actually the style of music and it's not the person behind the music it's definitely like the arrangement and the and the harmonization of certain elements like I've been listening to a lot of like favela and Drake <laughs> and uh, uh, who else have I been listening to at the moment? Like a lot of Tory Lanes. Um, oh, Scribs Riley as well. He's just released a new single, his first ever single. I saw that advertised on Instagram and I went and listened to it, and that sounds insane. It's like a, it's like a major chords, like major melody, but it's got that kind of uh, that, that kind of like conjunct melodies that sit in that really nice little space, and you're like, ooh, this. This is this is like because the the phrasing and what he's saying and the vibe and the whole like atmosphere to it isn't going like it's not like hey listen how good I am at singing he obviously hits a few high notes a few low notes and you're like damn like he can sing but I'm not looking for that I'm looking for like that integrity to the melody and that kind of that flow and that feel and that vibe you're like mm, I kind of I'm in this I always wonder how you know when you're finished with with everything that you can do and it's ready to to be released or go to the next stage. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I never am. Like, I listen to my songs, some of my songs now, and I go, what was I doing? That could have been so much better. Or like, you could have done that, that, and that, and that. But there is a certain point where you just have to go, no, okay, there is a song there. It's, you know, it's it's like, I had a conversation with a guy when I was working in Greece, and I always used to get quite self-deprecating because I'd be like, I wasn't good enough, wasn't good enough, wasn't good enough. And he said, Henry, mate, you need to realise that everyone else's expectation is far below yours. And as long as you get above that, you're okay. And so I kind of, I try to incorporate that into my songs in the sense that as long as the audience, as long as the actual quality of the music and in my ears are agreeing that it's, you know, radio, like, listenable, then it's it's finished, you know. I mean, I could go on and on and sit there and try and overdo it, but 
I just get myself in a rut. So, I to be honest with you, none of my songs I would truthfully say are completely finished because I don't really know what finished is. But um, I guess it gets to the point where they're they're satisfactory and you go, okay, that's good enough. I got my single releasing on the 7th of May uh, with Black Sea, which is sick. Um, I'm looking forward to releasing that because that's a bit of a different vibe. It's a bit more hip-hoppy. Um, I mean, it's going to be my first release with a, with an actual management who are pushing it and working with not just musicians and producers, working with, um, you know, um, AR people and uh, like uh, musician management and... Uh, people who push it online and do all the stuff that I don't have a clue about so that's gonna be quite nice um and then I've got another two releases hopefully coming out by the end of the year um ideally by that point I'll be working with more producers and different artists and I can start um right working on an album um but yeah just trying to get as many gigs as I can trying to get as much of a following as I can online because it's getting to that point now where I'm going okay well I could either carry on doing this for fun like I've been doing it like I will be doing it or I could take it a little bit more seriously and with this management um giving me that little bit of support that gives me the confidence that I'm, I might as well push it as hard as I can for at least two maybe a year or two and see where it goes and then ideally I can get to the point where if a company in London does say don't do this gig I can be like yeah how many tickets do you got and they go 100 I go like cool <laughs> and then I'll sell 100 tickets without any worries about it where at the moment I could be given five and I'll probably sell two <laughs> to my mum and my dad and us two we'd come as four oh, that's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah but at the moment it's just about pushing it yeah. I want that I, I really I'm really looking forward to seeing how that that first proper single is um, it's going to be received because it's not produced by me it's not mastered by me it's sung by me it's written by me and uh, that's about it. Yeah, the rest is with a different team. So I'm a part of a bigger thing, which is a nice, a nice feeling, really. Big thanks to Henry. And if you want to keep up to date with his music, give him a follow on Instagram at Henry H. Jones or Twitter at Henry Jones 16. And be sure to give him a search on Spotify. I know that I will. I know you will. <laughs> Follow, 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 follow. <laughs> Until next time. We hope you've enjoyed the episode and want to keep us on repeat. You can follow, subscribe and like us on your podcast platform of choice and slide into our DMs on Instagram by following us at On Repeat the Podcast. All information will be included in the show notes. On Repeat was made, produced and edited by us and the theme music is an original piece by Ellie's jazz band, Gujiyama and wonderfully resampled by Dee, the producer for the podcast. All of our guests give us permission to use their music. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to keep it on repeat.